0: Hello and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking, Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and this is the Sunday review. Uh, I would call it a regular series, but it's going to be rather irregular. This is for the, the weekends where we have a fight night, got a card, there's some fights going on, and simply put, Tom doesn't want to talk about them or isn't that bothered. And this is a perfect week for it. I mean, a Derek Lewis Sergei Spivak main event. That's a, that's a hard pass from Tom. So it's just me riding solo uh, today, talking about these cards, doing the Jack Slack gimmick. And listeners, there's only one place that we can start, and that is uh, Bellator 290, which uh, happened on last night. And, uh, had the retirement of Fedor Emilianenko. He faced off against Ryan Bader. And, uh... Sorry, that was stupid. Uh, Ryan Bader. Uh, for the Bellator heavyweight title in his retirement fight. Alleged retirement fight. This is, you know, pugilism we're talking about here. Like, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, that he's actually retired. Um... But it seems like he has actually retired, uh, Mr. Fedor. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's quite something. Oh, my God. Bellator did a post-limb. Oh, my word. So after Fedor versus Bader, they had four fights, including Naaman Gre- Gracie. All decisions. Wow. Can't wait to not watch those. Anyway. Fedor Emelianenko, he retires after facing Ryan Bader and he lost by TKO ground and pound. It wasn't particularly competitive. Bader knocked Fedor down and, um, yeah, just unleashed ground and pound from there. Held him in a sort of position where he had an underhook and kept pulling sort of... Whenever Fedor would move, he would sort of like unload ground and pound once he had the opening to... Get his left hand going with the strikes. There were some that I thought that were um, a bit close to the back of the head. But Herb Dean sort of let it go, as is his want. And uh, Ryan Bader retains his heavyweight title. There's not really much I can say about this. This is how legends go. You go out in a loss, particularly when you're 46 and you're fighting for a title. Like, There's very few that... <laughs> very few that come back and actually perform well in a title fight at this age bernard hopkins george foreman randy couture that's it and fedor just wasn't up to the task tonight and i think that's fair and i think this is something that we have to just expect and accept over time is that i know it feels weird that we're kind of at this point now where the link to the past is gone now with or That link to that era of MMA is gone. And that if we see these guys now, or the next wave of guys that are going to be retiring in the next few years, you have to expect the same sort of thing, which is you going out on your hands and knees with absolutely nothing left as a, a younger man is stood over you celebrating. Like That is what we just have to expect. And we've had a few... In the last year, the Frankie Edgar one, where Chris Gutierrez really smashed him. To be honest, I kind of want to know what Gutierrez is going to do next, but whatever. Um, wasn't an official retirement, but Dominic Cruz has lost to Marlon Vera. Um, this is going to be one of the first guys of that era that's going to start to go, Dominic Cruz. But you know, it was a clear marker of like, Dom, you're not to the task anymore. But Fadal... It's it's just different. It's just different because it's a link to a, a culture of MMA that is just gone now. Like you know the the fans waiting for the, the DVDs of Pride. Kind of the, the link for me is more like the DVD R's that I would get uh, of that time, mostly of pro wrestling. Pro wrestling Noah being the uh, my favorite promotion of that time. And yeah, it's it's odd. It's odd, it's like yeah, cultural link has gone, but you can't hold on to these things forever. Y- you have to let them go. And I'm not really one for nostalgia. Like it would have been nice if Fader had won, and um, but let's let's be real. I think you have to move past these guys. And I respect the fact that he tried to go for it in his final fight. It wasn't like I'm gonna go out with like an easy win, which he could have done with the Timothy Johnson one in Moscow. It would have been a a great way to go out. But he still had that sort of itch that it's just like, okay. I'll give it one more go. And as is always the case, it's just one step too far. Um it's not a Fedor performance that I would ever put up as something that's really worth watching. I do think Fedor in this retirement now, despite what Dana said, where he said Fedor never tested himself. I mean, Fedor was the undisputed best heavyweight of his era, I think the greatest heavyweight of all time. And he pretty much fought the best of the best. You know, when he when Dana was putting on... Um, uh, what's your man's name? Tim Sylvie versus Andrei Olovsky, 27. I d- yeah, just... And then it's like you're trying to compare that to what Fadal fought at this time, where he fought Nogueira three times. I know technically the second one sort of ended in a weird way where they had to do the third one. Excuse me. Um, but, you know, Noguera, Gary Goodridge, you know, whatever. Mark Holman twice. Kevin Randleman. Cro Cop. Mark Hunt. Uh, yeah, you know, and then he fought the guys that Dana said he was ducking in Tim Sylvia and Arlovsky. knocked them out. So again, what are you really gonna do there? Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there is some like bullshit title defenses he had in there, you know, Kosaka, for example, Zulazino, for example, but most combat champions most combat sports champions have those you still get those in the UFC for god's sake Q. Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw in retrospect being one of those bullshit fights but hey ho but I think Fedor retires legacy intact even before this fight I think the greatest heavyweight of all time the greatest run that a fighter has ever been on most likely I mean you know his first initial Run that first loss wasn't real, so realistically went into that Vadoom fight 32 and 0. That surpasses anyone for me, considering who he fought in that time. So, yeah, the greatest run in the history of the sport in a division which classically is not a great one, but at that time was. Um, and yeah, I think there's this. Really, not much debate there. I, I, I just feel that when, whenever Tom is on talking about Pride or Fade, or he just doesn't have that, just doesn't have that link to it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he just didn't have that interest at that time in Pride. I've never really gotten into it with him. Might be worth doing at some stage. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard not to feel sad, but also like, yeah, good for Fade or giving it one more go. Nice picture at the end as well of. Him surrounded by all the legends, and Scott Coker. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was yeah it was it was tough to watch. But you have to sort of accept it that this is just what it is. Um, moving on to the rest of the card, you had uh, Johnny Eblin defend his uh, middleweight title uh, against Anatoly Tokov. Just complete domination, unanimous decision win. Fine. I need to shout this out though. Um, Lorenz Larkin knocks out uh Bukhamov. Uh, uh, TKO elbow. So he had the left left overhook, and his right was sort of like pressed. Right, right hand was pressed against uh, Berkamov. And then he just created a little bit of distance, took a slight step back, and then unloaded this right elbow to the Temple of Bukmov, who just, it was a real timber-like fall from him. It was a tremendous finish from Lorenz Larkin, who, man, like, Lorenz Larkin just, what a dude he is. (laughs) I mean, some of the guys he fought, he fought light heavyweight, and now he's fighting down at welterweight. I mean, some of the guys he's fought, Robbie Lawler, beat Robbie Lawler, you know, fought King Mo, Derek Brunson, Ponzinibbio, Masvidal, Magny, Douglas Lima, Paul Daly, Koreshkov, Rafael Carvalho. You know, he's just kind of gone out there and just sort of gone for it. He's gone for a great run in Bellator, 7-2. And, and And, you know, Seven wins in a row after dropping two losses in his um, opening run in Bellator to Lima and Daly. I mean, really, that is really, really impressive. Really impressive. So, go for Lorenz Larkin there. Um, and that was about it from Bellator. It was, it was pretty pretty drab what I watched of it, but hey-ho. Uh, let's go on to the UFC, the Lewis versus Bivak card. I mean, drab? This was drab. um, So much so that I had to like just... I, I just couldn't do it. I'm sorry, lads. I'm really sorry. This is really unprofessional. But some of this I just had to like... I couldn't, couldn't even do it. But let's start with this main event. I think it's time to admit that... Um, the Black Beast is no more. Derek Lewis loses to Sergio uh, Spivak. Arm triangle choke, Spivak. As soon as Lewis sort of threw a shot... And then got into a clinch position with Spivak... And you saw that leg going back for the trip with Spivak. Spivak's, like, understanding of, the, like, the meta, of the clinch, when it comes to grappling, is so far ahead of a lot of these guys at heavyweight, and just how he can, like, control you. And that first trip, it was just over and over again, of, like, Lewis getting up, ex- you know, exerting so much energy to get up, and then being brought back down. And I wondered like, was Spivak, like letting him up a little bit, you know, obviously putting the pressure on him to make it difficult for him to get up, but was he like, oh, I'm letting you up, I'm taking a slight breather, and now I'm taking you back down over and over and over again, because he knew that, like, once he got Lewis into that position, he could keep getting him down, that he was going to break him, and Lewis just, like, had no will to keep fighting, like, you know, Spivak gave him a route down onto his back to get out of the uh, ground and pound position, but slipped him straight into an arm triangle. Um, choke and I just wondered like does Lewis have an understanding of the grappling to know that he was going to get slipped into that or was Spivak like trick him into it because like, oh, like, I don't, I don't want to say that Derek Lewis quit because I don't think he quit but it was it was an easy way to get out of there it was an easy defeat and then he did look pretty crushed afterwards maybe it's a realisation that he's not at this level Anymore, And maybe it's time for us to start looking at Derek Lewis and think, was he ever that good? Like, you look at even, like, the wins he's got. Like, okay. Like, let's look at, like, the the Volkov win, where he knocked Volkov out in round three. Even the Marcin Tybura win um, from earlier that year in 2018. He was losing that fight until he won it. And the Volkov one. Losing the fight until he won it. Lost to, to Cormier. Lost to Dos Santos. Then he wins a split decision over Blagoj Ivanov. Fine. Wins a decision over Ilya Latifi. Dreadful. Like, that's that's no good. Beats Alexey Olenek. And I remember that fight because it was just like, the first round it was kind of like weird of like, oh, is Lewis alright going to the ground with Olenek? And, and then just he came <laughs> the second round going like, I should just get rid of this guy. And then it's this recent run where, you know, he beat Curtis Blades. He landed that hellacious uppercut that knocked him out. Stiff. A couple ground and pound shots from there. But he was losing that fight, and he was losing it on the feet. You know, if Blades just kept it on the feet, he would have finished him. And then fought Surreal Garn, who as a striker is just so much more advanced than Lewis. And, again, just did what Blades did without the takedown attempt and just picked at him. The Dorcas went fine, but then it's like Tuivasa Pavlovich, they just got him moving backwards, finished him from there. And when he came in, like he got them from there. I remember the Tuivasa one where he threw this like huge right hand that just landed on Lewis, which rocked him, and then also got Tuivasa in close to then throw the elbow to sort of finish him from there. Pavlovich just ran through him. And then Spivak he... Lewis was going to come forward, and Spivak knew that. But he knew that if he could get him to miss and get him into that clinch position, he could then sort of take him down from there, which is what happened. So it was one of those times where he's actually gone forward, like in recent times, you know, since the Hellenic fight, which was August 2020. So we're coming up to like two and a half years since he started going forward, or since he last really went forward. That Dorcas win, I'm sorry, but like, Dorcas is no good. Like, really, it's just not good. and <laughs> I, <laughs> I just think that this is like, not a promotion for him. It, it, it's Bellator, like, stick him in Bellator. He'd be great entertainment there, could give him like, the appropriate fights for him. Because otherwise he's just going to get put through the meat grinder here in the UFC. And I just don't think it's for him. I know he's fought in Bellator before He, you know, he lost. Um, That was, when was that in his career? Was that like his sixth fight or something like that? Yeah, look, Tony Johnson Jr. lost a unanimous decision uh, before he then went back to the sort of Texas regional scene. But, yeah, yeah, it just has a stink of Bellator to him. But, He finally went forward, but he went forward against a guy who wanted to get into a clinch position. (sighs) Yeah, just uh, pretty poor from Derek. Because really, if he just went counter-striking and tried to bring Spivak into his range, maybe he could have got something done. Maybe he could have lasted a bit longer. Um, But he just doesn't have enough there. He just doesn't have enough in terms of his striking. He doesn't have enough in terms of his grappling. That he's just going to get found out over and over again now. And yeah, he'll get some wins if he stays in the UFC. Well, at least I, I think he will. No guarantees of that. And I just wonder if, for his own sake, maybe he should ask for his release. Or maybe he should try and get a win and then ask for his release. You know, it's... It's a tough run, man. It's a tough run to go on, but yeah. As for Spivak, I mean, let's look at the uh, UFC rankings. Uh, this stage has got to be looking at what top five guy? No, like, um, am I am I off with this blades? Maybe. Man, Pavlovich is number three. Where is Spivak? Spivak is 12. He's beat number 7, Derek Lewis. Oh, Aspinall Spivak? Yeah, that makes sense. Although they've fought Aspinall beat him quite convincingly on the ground. So actually, maybe not for uh, Spivak. Maybe he doesn't want to go back there. They'll probably end up flying again due to the fact it is heavyweight. By the way, Gianton Omega now ranked at heavyweight at number 14. Woof! Man. Some of those guys probably look at that going like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, rest of this card. Pfft, started watching the uh, car main of Devin Clark and Darton Journal. I was just like, I can't do this. Skip to the end. Devin Clark winning by unanimous know, decision. Jung, you're a jabroni. Get out of there. Do Ho Choi versus Carl Nelson ends in a draw. Mostly because Do Ho Choi headbutted Nelson. On the ground, it was deliberate, not deliberate, as in like he put his head there and then collided heads. But I don't; it wasn't like a deliberate sort of like I'm going to headbutt you sort of thing. But I was, I think it was correct. If he hadn't have done that, would have won by a unanimous decision because Kyle Nelson is no good. Um, so yeah, but boring fight. Didn't watch the Road to the UFC stuff because I'm not a sadist. And uh, yeah, got better things to do. (laughs) Unlike you, who is listening to this, right? (laughs) Let's let's wrap this up. Me and Tom are going to be back. Episode should drop on Wednesday, and it's a preview of UFC two eight four Makachev versus Volkanovski for the lightweight title from Perth, Australia. Volkanovski fighting on home soil, going up a division. We'll get into the news. Dana, hilariously not knowing who who the lightweight champion was, couldn't remember Makachev's name when trying to promote this. Let's talk about it as well, just very briefly. Dana White, not a very good promoter, Um, and probably doesn't want to be there anymore. Just put that out there. Right, listeners, thank you so much for joining me for this very brief uh, going through the results here. This is kind of what you can expect from the Sunday review. you get in 20 minutes. You're getting twenty minutes of me going like, "That was crap, that was crap, that was all right." This guy sucks, all right. But to leave you on a high note, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a song here. Derek Lewis. This should be the last time that we hear it in the UFC, but what a banging song you walk out to! This is Fat Pat with Tops Drop. Enjoy, listeners, and we'll be happy. we will be back on Wednesday for a full show of Hold On, I'm Talking, Brother, previewing Makachev versus Volkanovsky. Get hyped. Mm. See you later.
1: Sitting low on four, I'm pulling through the lot, slamming those on bucks, and I'm a slide, slide, slip at the side. Pop trunk, let it die. Show up in my ride, roll like a red carpet. I'ma buy the pop, bad lane piece of change starts in my jeans. Hit the club, show a little tip to the dancer, dude. Got killer in the club, roll after the club. One more time for their mind, I'ma go for the dime. Is that boy fat? fat. Yeah, I got some climb.